Hello, everybody. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and our special guest today is Matthew Butt. Matthew is a nurse and mental health advocate, and he works as a cannabinoid therapy educator with Canada House, which is a veteran-founded cannabis clinic. So from Canada, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. We were talking about it when uh, when you first came on the video, and uh, I saw you had long hair and a beard, and I was thinking, of, I was thinking, I was imagining what you looked like on your LinkedIn picture, <laughs> and I was like, oh, Matt, look, Matt looks a little different today. That's cool. Yeah, I definitely been doing some uh, soul searching and on a personal journey ever since getting into the cannabis and psychedelic space for sure. Do you know what 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 uh, what inspired you to go into both of those spaces. You know I mean, what, what was it? What was it that that made you point your feet in those directions? So uh, I have PTSD myself, and okay. I tried some of the, you know, pharmaceuticals and other types of therapies. And I just found that uh, it just wasn't cutting it. I was still suffering a lot, and uh, I stumbled upon cannabis, and I found that it was, you know, a great, great tool, great helper in in coping, and then. Um, Eventually, I found psychedelics, and I found that there were some profound changes that happened there with with those types of medications, or you know, uh, plant plant medicines and whatnot. So, um, from that, I ended up going back to school, becoming a nurse, and found a job in a cannabis clinic. And um, everything on the psychedelics side is more of a, a personal journey; it's not so much a professional one yet, but okay. uh, it might change in the future. All right. So you start off uh, with cannabis and the pharmaceuticals. What was, what was, what was, I mean, was it, was it clear to you that, Hey, this stuff works better than that stuff? Yeah, it was pretty evident. I mean, uh, I, I, I might be a little bit of treatment resistant when it comes to some of those pharmaceuticals. Uh, I didn't find any benefits whatsoever, a lot of side effects. So uh, it was, it was, pretty evident that that at least cannabis could help with the coping you know when things got really severe and, and my mind wasn't in a good place it was quite easy to shift it to to somewhere better using cannabis and uh, it kind of grounded me so I mean you're, you get caught up in your thoughts and stuff um, you know suffering with traumas past traumas you know triggers and uh, cannabis just allows that to kind of flow away from the brain so that that is a essentially like you know how how quickly i realized how beneficial it was and uh, so my journey began that's cool so is that how you found canada house where you're working now or did how did that yeah, so uh, i went back and back to school became a nurse and i was working you know in an in institution mostly uh with with elderly dementia you know so it was mental health type of stuff there it's hard stuff too. That's really hard. I mean, that's really oh yeah, hard. yeah. it's, it's very suffering. mentally challenging. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things that you know. It's just not a pretty scene all the time. But uh, you try to have you know, you go in there with a good face, and and because a lot of the times when when dementia has really progressed, there isn't much communication that's happening, so it becomes mm-hmm. a lot of nonverbal communication. So you I mean your 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 face appearance, like how you're holding yourself. Uh, your interactions really, you know, change, and it was eye-opening and really, really allowed me to understand the mind a little bit better than what I previously done. And uh, 
eventually I, there was a job posting for Canada House and I applied for it. And with my own personal experience, you know, PTSD and treatment with cannabis uh, and my nursing career just was a perfect fit. So I made the jump over and uh, here I am. Right on, man. That's cool. So Canada House just deals, they just work with cannabis, not psychedelics, correct? Yeah, it's currently not in the psychedelic world as of yet. Um, or I guess the legislation here in Canada, you know, we were trying not to, you know, enroach on anything that is too, too, uh, you know, get us in any trouble or anything like that. So we were kind of waiting to see what happens there on that sort of thing. So, um, there's no mention of it, you know, there's nothing concrete for it now. I'm just like low on the totem pole here as an educator, but uh, who knows really with, with the MAPS and their phase three trial with MDMA, I think that's some amazing uh, scientific research that's coming out there. Um, I'm interested to see how the government is going to legislate it in. There is a special access program that is kind of going on now, but uh, there's, there's issues with it. There's been a lot of people that got denied. So uh, there is some arguments going on from, um, I think there's like a company called Therapsil and a few others that are really trying to discuss with the government, you know, that to make that program and the accessibility a little bit better. Uh, you know, it's more so for people with, you know, I think there's been probably eight or nine people that have cancer, terminal cancer, and they're using psilocybin to try to cope with the anxiety that comes with, with the terminal uh, illness. Hmm. That is interesting, man. That's interesting. Um, <clears throat> what? So the so Canada House. What is their main mission? Like, what? What's the main mission of Canada House? It's really to change lives. You know, we help change lives. That's our motto here. Um, there was two veterans. They were over in Afghanistan, and they came back PTSD. And found out the cannabis was helping their symptoms, and they were like, you know, we've got to let other people know, right? We, you know, we got to try to help out other veterans. So uh, they started the company and, and then it grew. Now there's multiple clinics across Canada and many, many veteran patients, but we also help civilians as well, right? Where doors are open to anybody. Okay. Um, so there's insurance coverage here in Canada for veterans for cannabis. So that's cool. Generally, yeah, generally they get 90 grams a month that's covered through their insurance. As Is that 9090? Yep. Nice. Yep. So um, basically, if anybody's new to cannabis, I educate them a lot more than, than someone that's kind of like a seasoned type of person to it. But uh, there's always new new research and new things coming out. And so I, I try to increase anybody's knowledge, at least to the best of my abilities that I'm talking to. That's cool, man. Hey, is, what's the website for Canada House for people who want to check it out? I think it's just... CanadaHouse.ca. We just dropped the clinics as the official name. We kind of rebranded a little bit, but uh, CanadaHouseClinics.ca is still the website. CanadaHouseClinics.ca. Right on. So check it out. Check out CanadaHouseClinics.ca and see what Matt's talking about because it's interesting. I mean, it's. I think it's great. I mean, yeah, we in the states um, is obviously not federally legal, you know, and uh, but all these different states have their different um, policies and stances on it. And uh, it's cool to see that you guys are doing that. And you're, you're, I don't know, that was cool to hear the story of the mission. When you said those two, those two vets came back and they're like, this is helping us and we have to tell people about it. 
that's 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 a that's a believable mission right there man that's a believable mission i dig it that's cool so matt you had you you had some type of ptsd and you used cannabis then you went into psychedelics and what is so you were touching on it so federally canada has not legalized psychedelics or are they where are they at with it because I, I i hear things where like certain like like vancouver does their own thing that's how kind of how it started right but also um you know different pockets have different view views of of how they're going to be governed by the federal government in canada and i don't know what which what's your observations and all that so right now like the only way to access it like legally you know because it's not like uh legalized or anything like that it's not decriminalized is with that special access program and that's kind of been brought in recently in the last year and a half type of thing uh, and there's only been so many successful uh applications through that um for people applying to get into the program yeah and that okay. is you know psychedelics is in that realm for that special access program yeah um I know that in Vancouver, there is like some storefronts that are kind of openly selling. There's uh, also uh, like decriminalization efforts to really trying to provide safe access for drugs. So Vancouver is really, really on the forefront of, of you know, how that is looking over there. Um, uh, but yeah. I think federally, they're really waiting on the studies to be finished, right? So um it's going to be interesting to see see how that that unfolds you now with with like i said maps uh phase three trial of mdma being complete and have been quite successful uh also um there's a lot of other you know phase two studies that are being completed and probably soon going to be into phase three for like um psilocybin maybe some lsd uh ketamine you know is available through through like the medical side of things you can get a prescription for ketamine but uh, it is only, it'll be off label use kind of thing. Cause that's not exactly what it's intended for. So, uh, you, there are clinics, ketamine clinics that are opened up in a few different provinces. So there is some access for, uh, ketamine for sure. So, it, you know, really it's still new. Uh, the industry is very new. You got, like I said, Vancouver is over there kind of leading the forefront and, and allowing this stuff to happen. Um, and then you've got those ketamine clinics that are starting to pop up across the country. So when will psilocybin or LSD or, or some of these other compounds like DMT be added? I'm not really sure, but, uh, I think, I think the future, future is bright. Um, they're really going to lean on these studies that are going to be done. And once, once that's done, then they got to, there, there's no reason for them not to come up with a, a program or some way of, of getting people treated because, uh, the, the, these overdoses, uh, suicides, mental health, we're really, we've seen an uptick in those since the last, since the pandemic started. So, uh, you know, we really got to start putting people, you know, first and start trying to treat these, these conditions out there in the world. Cool, man. <clears throat> I agree. And uh, I don't know, my position on it is that, is that I don't understand why medical professionals aren't using it first instead of going to the synthetics it's like why are you guys not using that first it's natural <laughs> it goes that way <laughs> it's just yeah, that's one of my uh I, I don't know it's not really an argument but 
I've always started out in the back of my mind, you know, there's, there's psychedelic mushrooms that grows every, every fall here in Newfoundland. Uh, so as long as you're, you know, with an experienced mycologist and you're, you know, making sure you're not picking the wrong mushrooms, then generally, you know, it's not so much regulated that way. If you're gone for a walk and you find a field and then you found the mushrooms and just so happen to eat them, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, how can you make that illegal, really? You know, it, it just seems a little bit ridiculous. So they grow, does it's, it's kind of known that they grow naturally over there? Yeah, so um, that's actually how I had my first psychedelic trip uh, was with a friend. Uh, he he was picking them before and he asked me if I wanted to try them out. He knew I was suffering mental health and stuff. And uh, uh, we were camping in the woods and uh, I had my, that was my first mystical experience as well. It was It was pretty... Pretty profound and life changing for sure. Right on. Okay. So, you know what? I think we're going to transition to the second half of the conversation, man. We're going to we're going to get in talking about what we believe and stuff about this life in this world. So, when you when you said profound, <clears throat> were you were you at the same time believing in a in any type of supernatural god or any type of higher power when you're going through those struggles? When, yeah, when it got really tough, I definitely did lean back onto like a God type figure. Um, you know, since then, you know, it's always been uh, like a spiritual journey to to really kind of assess my beliefs and and kind of like deep deep dive into the spiritual world, right? So uh, I definitely am on that path and on that journey. But uh, when when times were the toughest that they've ever been. Uh, I definitely did lean on God, and I feel like uh, here lately, I'm also doing the same, but not not out of like suffering, but more so out of uh, purpose. Like, what's my life's purpose? You know, and yeah. seeing if you know there's a higher power that you know has a plan for me, you know, kind of thing. So uh, I've been really playing with that in my mind here lately. So that's 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 where I'm at with that stuff. That's cool, man. That's cool. So, what did, and did you grow up with? A, did you grow up with a religion or a philosophy? It sounded like you. It sounded like you may have grown up with Christianity. I'm guessing. Yeah. So, uh, Roman Catholic type of Christianity. Okay. Uh, you know, I used to go to church not, every Sunday. You know, I talked to. Um, you're, you're not the first Canadian that I've talked to who's into cannabis or, or psychedelics that was Roman Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was very. Um, say traditional type of family. Uh, I was going to church every Sunday. Uh, my mother was in the choir, you know, like really kind of Catholic. Um, but my father, he uh, he died by suicide when I was 12 years old. And then that kind of went down its wayside. It wasn't, we weren't so much practicing Christians in, but we still, you know, had some of the traditions like, you know, Easter and Christmas and stuff like that. Um, it wasn't until... So in my late 20s and some of those deep struggles that I really looked for, like, you know, God type of thing. And um, I did listen to a lot of Alan Watts. So a lot of that Buddhism, Taoism, uh, playing with those ideas because him being a Christian himself and, and studying these other religions. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm really, not familiar with him. I'm not, I'm not familiar with him. Oh, Alan Watts is a phenomenal uh, writer. I listened to a lot of his lectures. Um I really played with a lot of those ideas. Like in some of his lectures, he says, I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm just here, you know, telling a story kind of thing, you know, it's for entertainment purposes. You know, you take these ideas and play with them. 
Uh, and that's exactly what I done. You know, it was uh, one summer I, I stopped squatting flies. So if there was a fly biting me, I wouldn't kill it. I'd pick it off and let it fly away. So <laughs> yeah, I really, really did play with some of those ideas and, you know, that spiritual journey and, you know, living things on the living thing and trying to share the world, you know, peacefully and harmoniously with others. And I attributed a lot of that to Alan Watts. Okay. And, uh, <clears throat> where do you, how did you, how did your worldview about the way you view the world, like between your, your youth as a Roman Catholic and now, like, what were some of the things that changed what you believe about this world in this life? I guess, you know, I guess it's more so pain and suffering. You know, you're like when you see like injustices and horrible things happening, not only to myself, but to others, you know, it's just like uh, it really, really spurs like a doubt, you know, how is how can God be so uh, loving if we're all here suffering so much and so much pain? And, you know, the you know, little little children dying of cancer, you know, it's like, what is the purpose? Like, what's the point here? So I, I guess that really led me down to, you know, questioning all my spiritual beliefs. Yeah. And did you have you have you so since with all that questioning, have you where are you at with that now? Uh, I like to look at like faith as, as something that, you know, answers an unknown, you know, sometimes our minds aren't able to understand these complex ideas, you know, uh, there's billions of people on earth, like trillions of actions every single day, so many different thoughts, and, you know, it's a lot to wrap your head around, so uh, for me, like, whenever I, I'm not understanding, like say my life's purpose or maybe what, what's happening in life, you know, I just try to, you know, chalk it off to what, what is God, what is God's plan here, right? You know, I, I try to uh, relinquish some of that anxiety or, or some of the stress that, that comes upon it and uh, just really just, just, you know, look up at the sky and be like, okay, what, what's the plan? Like, what's, What's, what am I supposed to learn here? Or what am I supposed to change kind of thing and, and try to carry about my day and not, you know, dwell on it. So it really helps me overcome some of those things. Right on, man. Right on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Now, the, the next question, my friend, is about existence in this material world. Do you think that this universe and all the life in it is the result of a series of accidents? Or do you think that there's an intelligent designer behind it? And I think you kind of you kind of spoke to that a little bit, but I want to make sure that because you're you know we, we, I gave you these questions ahead of time, <laughs> so you know what do you think about that, there, Matt? So I would say in the last few years I was questioning about the intelligent design and accidents, and uh, really I think that thinking that life and everything that we have here is just an accident it, it doesn't really doesn't really sit well with me you know like it just it just doesn't it seems like there there's something else there's some some type of spiritual thing going on there that that doesn't seem of this world and because that just you know like i kind of feel that deep in my bones and my soul 
that I, I can't really 100% commit to it all being an accident. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just too much, too much to be amazed about and, and too much to, you know, it's just, I guess it's just more so an innate feeling. There's just something inside that, that makes you feel like, you know, there, it isn't an accident or there's some intelligent design or some type of something else going on for sure. You know, I like the way you said, I like the way when you said, uh, there's too much to be amazed by. I agree. I agree. I mean, that's, I, I, uh, I had, I, I went through something similar. I was like, you know, it's like those parts where you're just kind of like, what is this all about? You know? And then, and then some people look to nature and, and, and then some people look to just transformation of people, whether it's themselves or somebody else that they know, whether it was from a disease or just in their life, they, their, their life changed and it's for the better. And there's just too much complexity and too much, too much, it's too much complexity and there's too much of God. I say, I believe that there's too much of God unveiled for us to see. That, yeah, 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 yeah. That, I, I feel that for sure. You know what I mean? It's like, there's a, and, and I think some people, you know, it's like what they want if they seeking, you're definitely seeking. That's for sure. You know, and, and I was just listening to some scripture last night and it was in John, I think. And, and Jesus is talking to people and he's saying, seek and you will find. Knock and will be opened unto you. Ask and you will receive. And I believe he means it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, I say, you know, seek and you shall find. Yeah. Quite often, like I'm, I'm saying that to myself, you know. Yeah. Uh, not in so much a, a narcissistic way, but, you know, God helps those who help themselves. Like, you know, you, you've got to, you know, make that effort here on this plane and God will respect that, you know, like as long as it's not in a negative way. Right. So that, that one takes a little bit of uh, self-awareness for sure. But I, I just, uh, what, you know, what kind of stuff do you have in mind? Are you think what kind of, st- when you, when you're talking about right now, what kind of stuff do you have in mind? Are you thinking of, life and death are you thinking of like uh uh somebody is in need of something or something you know this is I mean? more so that uh like this earth is here and we can all make something of it and live harmoniously and i think that that's really like the point of life like continuously thrive or strive towards uh, living harmoniously with with other people other animals you know with mother earth herself you know i think that um if you, you help, help yourself, you know, you know, God will also, you know, kind of give you a pat on the back for that kind of thing. And you're doing it out of selflessness, you know, you gotta be, you know, selfish. You can't, can pour from an empty cup. So whatever you, you fill your cup up with, you know, share your cup. And I think that that's where my head is at mostly with it. You know, there's any, there's no such thing as personal gain for me that doesn't, you know, translate over into communal gain, you know, like my friends, my family, you know, anything that I would succeed at or achieve or, you know, uh, fill my cup up with, you know, I've got no problem sharing that cup with anybody else. And I think that that really is the, you know, point of belief. I think I was like, the, I like the illustration. <clears throat> you can't, you can't share an empty cup. So you got to take care of yourself. And then, uh, and then you want to share your cup. That's, that's cool, Matt. That's very cool. 
It's, it was, I found out one was a struggle, you know, I'm, I'm very, you know, very much an empath type person, uh, you know, becoming a nurse and all that stuff and just being so in tune with my own traumas, you know, I just, uh, I wanted to reduce that as much as possible in other people. I think that there's like a suffering that exists, but then there's like uh, a type of suffering that, that we put upon ourselves, right? You know, like, yeah, I do. And, and my struggle with that suffering, I guess, is just uh, I really want to, you know, allow people to, to have to go through the sufferings of, of uh, just normal life. Like, I mean, you're going to lose people, you know, nobody lives forever. And I think that's traumatic in itself, right? So um, just really trying to, to be there for people, you know, for overcoming obstacles and um, you know, educating people, just trying to make my, my, you know, difference in the world, you know, one day at a time, one action at a time, one step at a time, just, you know, trying to decrease the amount of pain because it's unnecessary, right? There's a lot of unnecessary suffering and, and I just don't want people to get too caught up in all that stuff. I agree, man. I, and, and I think that's great that you actually committing your work to, to, helping people like that that's cool man and i got a question for you i heard you say it a couple times or a few times at least you said uh the people people need to help themselves and i want to ask you what 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 do you what are you thinking of when you say that like what is that you know what i mean well i guess we can't just sit around and wait for someone else to do the work for us you know there's you know nothing comes without you know, work or, or a movement or an effort towards it that is going to be sustainable. So uh, looking at like living harmoniously, that means sustainably. And I think that uh, part of doing that is just, you know, working for ourselves so we can help others. You know, you need, you know, you build a, build like a farm or something and you're growing lots of vegetables. Well, uh, you can only can so much, you can only eat so much, so why not share, you know, the rest of the kind of thing? So uh, that's my take on it. Like, I really like to to help each other out, and and I think that uh, there's enough efforts that goes around in the world that there's no reason that we all should be suffering, you know. And um, you know, one of the saddest things I see is people that give up, they just stop trying, you know, and it's just so difficult because. Like, how can you get better if you don't try, you know? And so yeah. that's, that's really where I'm at with that stuff. Right on. Right on, man. All right. So the follow-on question of that is, is this. Do you think this life is a free ride? And meaning, do you believe in a life after this life? And if you do believe in a life after this life, do you think that there's any form of payment due upon death? I do think that there is something else to this life. I think that uh, whatever our spirit, our soul is, um, that that it, it's part of, of another realm that we're our conscious capabilities just aren't in tune with. So I do think that. Um, I don't know about a debt to be paid. I believe that that is our life that we're living now. That is our debt that we're paying. You know, uh, like the gods are. are for lack of a better word, jealous of our mortality, right? Because uh, we got one life to live and then that's it kind of thing. So then we, we kind of forget everything that's there. So that 
that importance of living a good life is there versus, you know, a God being forever lasting, you know, transcending time. So there's, there's a beauty in it. Like there's a beauty in that urgency. And I think that there's work to be done in that. So and I think that is our debt that we pay. Okay. So, <clears throat> so you think that the debt is paid actually while you're alive here on earth? Yeah. It's just, it's like a, it's almost like a, like a lesson. You know, if you're going through like a difficult course, you know, it, finishing the course is the, is the reward. And, and, you know, the, the debt that you pay to finish it is all the work and the effort that you put in living. Or going so through it. it sounds like you might believe in reincarnation or something like it. I, I think it's possible, but, you know, uh, I don't like to totally cancel out any of these ideas, uh, the hypotheticals and stuff like that. So, um whether whether like there's a energy source that our consciousness goes to and comes from like when a baby's born it's quite possible but you know i think it's more of an energy versus versus what we know because what we know that's more so of our, our brain's connection of awareness uh versus like that that soul energy that consciousness that exists um i think that goes to wherever that realm is too and you know we're kind of like our we're like a radio and we'll pick up some of that energy and that's that's what we call our soul or conscious so that's 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 my take on it really you know is it reincarnation is it not a you know maybe maybe but we're not like it's not my soul it's just my energy force that i'm currently uh playing with here in my physical realm We'll probably go back to that energy source and you know wherever whatever happens in that realm i'm not too not too sure but that sounds a little bit that sounds a little bit closer to buddhism to me now yeah yeah so yeah i did i really did take take a lot of uh alan watts work and, and you know play with those ideas um well, you said you said he's a christian who believes in so he was he was a christian he was born in I think England it was, um, but then he went to like, China and Japan, studied Buddhism and Taoism, uh-huh. and then he came back to the States, went to the States, and he was doing a lot of lectures and stuff in different schools there. Um, so it's just basically, you know, his interpretation of those other religions, and it's coming from someone that's traditionally Christian. So uh, I, I really I really like those ideas that comes from those other religions, like, just because you know, I was born Christian doesn't mean I can't um, take bits and pieces of other religious texts and scriptures and, you know, use them in my own, you know, well-being and stuff. So uh, I do like a little bit of, you know, Hinduism as well. So that's, you know, tying it all in with Christianity, uh, Taoism or Buddhism and Hinduism. And that's kind of where, where my ideas, you know, fight and play with each other kind of thing. And, uh, you know, that's just, you know, that's a spiritual journey, in my opinion, you know, uh, the spiritual journey is a journey of the self or the soul. And there's a lot of, you know, different texts and different scriptures that, you know, might, might so fit and, and resonate with you and, uh, you know, take them up and put them down as you need. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> I like that. That's cool, man. Pick, pick up the things that that you need along the way. That's cool, man. Yeah, I'm sure, cool. like, you know, there's, I'm sure there's lots of um, in-depth Christian talks, and I, I do find uh, 
sometimes when I'm listening to people talk about scriptures, like uh, Christian scriptures, I do start to uh, really, really embrace the spirituality of it. I remember a few years ago, I went to a funeral and uh, the priest that was doing the funeral, uh, giving that speech up there, he was just speaking right to my soul. It was it was amazing. He'd done a really good job. And uh, I guess really, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of Christianity that I, you know, I'm not aware of, and I probably haven't played with those ideas as well. So I, I you know, there's definitely some soul searching I'm going to do with that area. That's cool, man. That's cool. Right on. Right on. So um, the psychedelics and your personal journey. I know we kind of, we definitely talked about it a little bit, but uh, how, how has that influenced what you believe about this life? Well, I guess it just more so opened up my mind to the, the realms of possibilities, you know, like, you know, open up the doors of perception kind of thing. Aldous Huxley kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I was so, I was pretty rigid in my thought processes. Uh, I did have a lot of love for others and not living, living things. But uh, after the psycho, psychedelic journey started, it just blew those doors wide open. And, you know, it makes you, you know, question things and, and you know, look at things differently. And um, it just really, really profoundly changed my life to, to be more open and accepting. Now, is that with things within yourself and outside of yourself? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, like uh, where, where the body you know, starts and where it ends, you know, we're so connected, like, you know, that uh, some of those profound feelings of connect connectivity with, with the world and everything that is, you know, it's just, uh, it just really, really changes who you are as a person. You know, you don't feel so uh, secluded. You don't feel so alone. You know, there's just, you feel embraced by, by mother earth, by nature, by, you know, this, this life force that, you know, interacts with other life forces. So I think it's just, uh, that's, that's, that's what happened there. Okay. And that's, and so that sounds like that did have a heavy influence on, on how you view the world then. Cause it oh, sounds like, sure. yeah, like, like, uh, the, the energy source that you were talking about before we had the, before I asked you about the psychedelics, it sounds exactly like a mirror image of that. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so I, I don't, I don't know much about psychedelics in Canada. I know in the U.S., it's there, there, there's the VA, the Veterans Affairs. They're they being the federal government is opening up research for PTSD, specifically those things, and they're they really want to work with veterans, and uh, that kind of stuff. I think could be helpful, but I also it also makes me kind of curious because it is it is powerful stuff. And it is, it, it can be heavily influential in, in the right direction or even in the wrong direction too. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that uh, integration is key. Integration is key. You can have a profound experience and not know what to do with it. And uh, sometimes, you know, if people can have their egos fit and, and it just becomes this me, 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 and I'm this, and I know this, I've experienced this. So, 
you know, what you say doesn't really matter. And, you know, I'm after seeing it a, a few times in, in the psychedelic uh, scenes kind of thing. So, really, you know, is because, because that can happen, you really need to have someone that's experienced and trained well uh, when it comes into giving these medicines as well as integrating them. You know, uh, having a journey is only like the psychedelic trip itself is only one part of the journey. Um, that journey goes on for the rest of your life because you're always integrating it and you know you, it's just it changes your life so uh, making sure that it changes it in a positive way is key and and you really like you know really need to make sure that um, you treat these medicines with respect and and you do the work that comes along with them right you know they 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 open up the doors but you got to walk through them so when you say do the work walking through what is what are you thinking of it's more so what are they teaching you like you like they're they're going to teach you something and are you just going to forget about it and not not do that you know like it's like a new skill that you're trying to learn you know if you're going to learn to play guitar and you learn like a new chord or something if you don't use it though you're going to forget it quite quickly right so um you know like the the whoever is teaching you that chord, they're opening up, like showing you the door, but until you walk through it and utilize in your life, you know, it's, it's not going to do much. I get it. No, that's cool. I, I, I'm following you, Matt. I'm following you. Okay. I want to ask you this question. And this was when I, when I sent you, but I think you'll understand it. And what is, what is your understanding of who Jesus Christ is? Well, my my biggest thing when I think about Jesus, I think about him, uh, you know, being a, a man of the people. You know, he, you know, he's a, a son of God, a child of God, and and where does he go? He's just not with with the kings and the queens and the rich people. He's there with the poor. You know, he's um, he's just a, he's a man of, of of those who who are in need of him. You know, it's just. Um, he really, that, that, that's just what I, you know, that's what he is to me. That's what he is to me. He's, he's, he's a man of God that is here for, for those people that are suffering, you know, like, uh, I can't remember an exact quote, but you know, the sheep that is left to flock is that's who he's more concerned about. Everybody else is okay. So you got to get this last sheep back into the flock. And I think that, uh, that really resonates with me. So I really, I really love that. And I'm, I need to, uh, and I'm going to learn a little bit more about that side of Jesus because I think that that is the the part of Christianity that I really want to uh, educate myself on and maybe even you know bring into my own life in my own ways. You know, Matt, that is that is uh, that's what actually pointed my feet in that direction too. And and I use cannabis. I mean, I obviously do this podcast and we're talking about this stuff. <laughs> And, and that is, that it was something along my journey that, that really helped me was understanding that the church is not a building. The church is a person, like you are the temple. Yeah. And, yeah. and that is, that is the new Testament. He said, and this is the thing, this is, um, and this is what, this is, this is the profound difference, a foundational difference between Christianity and literally every other worldview and 
in every other worldview, atheism, atheism, there is no, there is no life after this life, right? But that's what's interesting about Hindu or Buddhism is because there is no God in Buddhism, but there's a there's like a mystical, like a mysticism to it, right? <clears throat> and uh, here's what here's here's what really helped me understand better understand i should say better understand because even then it didn't fully under it but it de helped me definitely better understand all the things that people have been trying to teach me about jesus from the time that i was a child but i never really heard it right yes. it's kind of like yes it's it's this it's that nobody gets in nobody gets in like like the there's we can try to earn our way into some type of greater existence but we can't it's impossible and jesus said that and and the prophet isaiah said it he said when he's talking about jesus when he's prophesying jesus and how he's going to treat people and this is where i was like wow matt did remember some he remembered some core stuff from that roman catholic upbringing because i, I grew up i grew up in a legalistic denomination too and i walked away i walked away willingly with <laughs> and uh and and that was the difference so isaiah as he's prophesying about jesus he says this he says a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not extinguish in other words he's here just like you said he's there there's no one too low or too far gone no one and you 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 made a you made an interesting point that really caught my ear about your understanding of it. And there are people who think they don't need him. And he's like, if you don't think you need me, you don't have to have me. I'm not gonna force myself on you. I'm here for the people who need me. And the funny thing about that is Isaiah, is, is that Isaiah makes it clear and all the, the whole Old Testament, New Testament makes it clear that no, everybody needs him, right? It's just the, like, this is why I was asking him like, when, when I asked you about, like, you know, people can take these uh, these substances and they're natural, but it can also go in the wrong direction, too. It can, it can be it can feed the ego, too. Right. Because that's why, I was, you know, this is why I was asking about your understanding of like whether these things are inside you or outside of you or both. And you recognize that it's inside of each person, too. And every person, no one is exempt from the fallenness of this world. And, you know, listening to you. In your story and how you came across it, man, you came across some stuff that that I think everybody bumps up against, but we don't necessarily talk about it the way you and I are talking about it right now. I and mean, probably the way you talk about it at work with all the people you help at Canada House too, right? And and that is, uh, oh dang, Matt, <laughs> I got sidetracked for a second, but that is um in my thought you know i was i i've lost it there matt i'm sorry man but that is ah, oh. matt i'm so sorry hold on a second man hold on hold on okay i got it i got it and that was that was the foundational difference and that and that is is that is that nobody can earn their way in and he says if you need me i'm here for you if you don't well then that's your choice. And that's the free will of it, right? That's the free will of it. And that was a foundational difference that, that really helped me understand how to view other belief systems. Because 
when I looked at Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, and some others, it, it was, it really did boil down to performance. And that was what turned me away from Christianity to begin with, is that even though I was being told I was saved by grace, out of the same pastor or preacher's mouth, they're telling me that I got to then be, obey all 10 commandments or else, you know, I got to stand my toes. I got to stand my toes. There's, there's no rest. You know, you're constantly working to please a God that is, may never be pleased. And that was an abuse of Christianity because that's not at all what Jesus is about. And that's what I was saying. Your understanding of it, man, it was just, man, you, you have a, you have a really profound understanding of who Jesus is. And that's, that was, that was evident to me as, as you were explaining it to me. So I apologize for that little snafu there, man. I, you know, we were, we were talking about a hip pause and, and that's the funny thing that I get used to doing on these podcasts. And I know we're recording right now. It's cool. I know this is your first podcast, but this is a cool thing about it, man. It's not a polished production <laughs> is yeah. that as the guest is talking, I'm thinking and I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, this is really good. And I, I don't want to write something down because I want to give you my full attention because I need to know where you're going next. Right. And at the same time, it's like, oh my goodness, I think I may have lost my point trying to get there. <laughs> but you know what? That's I, I find happens. that it's, when it's, you're having good conversations, that's just the way it is. I mean, when you're resonating with people, there's just so many ideas and so many different aspects of what, what they're saying. Like you, like I find myself, like I'm agreeing and trying to attack, like to encourage it a lot. And sometimes it gets, uh, like it flow, messes up the flow of the conversation. So, you know, I guess, you know, it's just, it's just part of, of these types of conversations resonating with people and talking to like-minded people and, uh, enjoying the conversation of the other person, you know, so much that, you know, we're trying to, stick with one specific topic or one sentence and then elaborate on it, but then move to the next one. Then, but it doesn't really, the conversations don't really flow like that. So, well, you know, it, it is, it is encompassing because we are talking about what we believe about this life and its meaning and its purpose. Right. And, and this is where, this is, this is why it, it can, it can, it can seem like it's digressing into something, but really it's not because it's, 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 it's a comprehensive thing. All of our decisions are made, whether we realize it or not, all of our decisions are made from the way we view the world about all kinds of things, right? That's how, that's, if we peel back the layers, it's all based on what we believe about this life. And, and that's, what's really cool to meet other people who are, who, who believe that there's more to this life than the material. And there's more to this existence than the material. And, and we, people may not, you know, I, I don't have it all figured out. I, I have just come to understand that I, that, and this is through education and experience through education and experience, man. And, um, that Jesus is who he says he is. And he loves me exactly the way he says he loves me. And, and you know, sometimes there's experiences and there's, there's moments and then there's, and sometimes it's material and sometimes it's not, but it is, it is something that, it is something that I wasn't sure was real. I wasn't, I was like, is Jesus really who he says he is? You know, I'm not sure. You know, I don't see these things. I ran into that problem of evil. That's what it was. It was the problem of evil. That's where, that's where we're trying to get to also. When you ran into that problem of evil, there's so much evil in this world. How can there be a good and loving God if all this evil is in the world? And I think everybody bumps up against that for sure, because it's here, it's here. And 
this is where <clears throat> this is where sometimes I think if we look at it like that, then if we wanna if we wanna say okay, the Judeo Christian God or the Abrahamic God, to include Islam as well, would be you know why why is this why is this world this way, and that's when the problem if if you look at that worldview and the critique of that worldview then you definitely have to go back to what that worldview believes about creation. And when it comes to creation, I can look at the world and say, yeah, it's fallen. <laughs> there's so much violence and, and there's, you know, there, it's, it, it's a fallen world, right? The problem of evil, just like you were talking about. And uh, then I had this thought and it was, the question was, the thought was this, is how come it's not worse? What's restraining it? from being worse. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a different perspective too, to take it from the opposite and say, well, you know what, what is restraining this world from just complete madness, right? I mean, there's something restraining it and you feel it in, we feel it inside ourselves, that, that pull, like that, that, that light and dark, that good and evil, just like we we're talking about. So as a Christian, if I believe the creation account, then, then I do believe that that capacity, that, Humanity in this earth has fallen and it is falling away year after year. And that explains why there is evil in this world because creation turned its back on its creator and bowed its knee to an outlaw spirit. And that relationship was repaired by Christ and, and all the prophets that prophesied him, that, that spoke of his coming. The plan was in place. Sorry, it was. It's amazing. It's in Genesis. Actually, there's a part. Is this is the part that that you know when we learn this stuff as kids, it's different. But when you look at it as an adult and you read Genesis and you read what Jesus is saying to Lucifer, and no, God is saying. Well, it depends on how you see about it. Because the Trinity, we won't go into all that. <laughs> but in the scripture, it says God is in the garden and he's already discovered what's happened. And he grabs Lucifer and says, um, the seed of the woman, and women don't have seeds, women have eggs. So the seed of the woman will crush your head or will bruise your head, but you will bruise his heel. And that's basically the salvation plan right there. In other words, he's, it's, it's prophesying Jesus is coming right there. He's saying, he's going to come in and rescue mankind for whoever needs him. For whoever believes that they need him, he's here for them. If you don't believe you need him, he's not going to force himself on you. People try to force him on people, right? When religions do that, that's the way I view it too. It's like you're trying to force a belief on me that I don't believe. And that's understandable. You can't make anybody believe. So in Genesis, he says that. So the Jesus bruising Lucifer's head is him basically dethroning Lucifer from this world with his own blood, going into the pit of hell, taking the keys of death and Hades and coming up out of hell without any sin on him, paid in full. The, that's Jesus's heel being bruised. Lucifer's head being bruised is he's just lost everything that Adam and Eve surrendered to him. He had it until, even though it was falling away, but now it's taken from him. And all creation who believe in Jesus are now rescued. 
So that, that salvation plan is in the first chapter of Genesis. And all throughout the Bible, it's laid out in terms of humanity. And this, we are a violent, we are, we can be, we can be violent, like humanity can be violent, right? So that's why there's slavery in there. That's why there's wars. That's why there's all these things that, that you would find in the Iliad, right? Homer's the Iliad. You'd find all those things in there too. And it, minus Jesus, you're not going to find Jesus. In the <laughs> but you are going to find those concepts of good and evil and, and things about this world that we don't, that, that, that people have said, yeah, that's not true because science understood that this and this and this. Yeah, I get that. But there's also a lot of creation that we don't know about. Like if we think we know that everything that's under the ocean, I think we're wrong. If we know, if we think we know that everything about everything that is in forests, trees, rainforests were wrong right i'm sure there's some amazing things out there and this is i believe that this life is far more amazing and supernatural than we're led on to believe and uh throughout the history of the church it's it's um you know the church tried to differentiate itself from pagans from pagan religions that were sacrificing people and doing all kinds of crazy stuff with temples and and like you know stuff that's like whoa they're trying to say we're not like that we're not like that the early christians and I think in that, in that effort, they lost the supernaturalness of this life and its savior and maker. So I know I went on for a long time there, Matt, but I just want to make sure that you know that, that, uh, that you know, I'm listening to you, man, and, and you're not alone. There's a lot of people that think a lot of the same things that you do, and we're all seeking something, man. And, and I, want to, I want to thank you for your time. And if there's anything you want to say to anybody about Canada House, your own personal experience, if anything you want to point point anybody into some websites or anything like that, man, it's, you, you feel free because I really appreciate your time and, and your honesty about what you believe and, and how you've come to believe it, man. It means a lot. Well, I don't, you know, uh, I guess for anybody who's Canadian, if you're interested in medical cannabis, any questions, we've got educators right across the country. Uh, you can hit up CanadaHouseClinics.ca for that stuff. Uh, for psychedelics, I mean, uh, there's still a lot of information that is, you know, being studied and coming out there. So if anybody's interested in that, there are some companies, you know, that are, are, are starting that journey. So you seek them out. But there's also a lot of facilitators that are well experienced. Make sure that uh, if you're going to go down the facilitator route, that isn't really uh, in the mainstream or, or legalized that you're asking the questions, uh, make sure you're getting a good, good vibe from whoever is going to facilitate the experience. Um, I can't stress that enough. It needs to be integrated. Uh, some of these experiences are, are challenging. There's a lot of, you know, there might be a blissful part of the experience, but there's, there's probably going to be a lot of challenging parts of the experience too. So you're really going to want some uh, quality assistance when it comes to that stuff. So, uh, definitely ask lots of questions, you know, before you dive in, make sure that uh, everything feels right for you and um, seeking you shall find. Amen, brother. Amen. Hey, that was cool, man. I really appreciate your time, Matthew. And I'm, I'm thank you very much. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres. I'm your host. And our special guest is, Ma excuse me, special guest is Matthew Butt from Canada House. He's a cannabis advocate an educator 
Yep. And he's on a circuit and he's on a and he's on a personal journey in this life. He's seeking. Thank you very much for your time, Matt. We love you all. <laughs>